Welcome back to Talk Gnosis. We've got artist, spiritual, coach, a uh, whole bunch of other things that we're going to talk about. Alex Coma, welcome back to the show. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. Our last interview was specifically about your art, but I do want to kind of catch up with you about your art. It has been a couple of years since we interviewed you. I want to see where you're at with your practice. I want to hear your latest thoughts, realms, uh, channeling to the other side in regards to art. And then we'll get into uh, some of your, your coaching, and uh, which is a rel relatively new project. But Alex, for people who don't know about you yet, can you tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about your artistic and spiritual practice? Yeah. So yeah, I started my artistic career, I guess in 2017 was kind of the beginning of my first solo show, transitioning from photography to painting. So it was my first like painting show and slowly moving away from photography into the realm of the, I guess, metaphysical in the sense that I my my own inner life became the vehicle to create imagery so instead of relying on a tool which the camera which is a connected to reality as we see it through the scientific lens i wanted to be able to channel whatever is within me to create these symbolic and metaphysical landscapes symbolic with architecture representing the body and, and ever since then my art just became a tool for me to go deeper into the abstract spiritual concepts that are often like very hard to understand until witnessed from like firsthand from within. And so for me, doing these paintings opens up some space inside me. So of course, at the beginning, it was not always like that. At first, it was more unconscious and it was more uh, like different types of mirrors I would put up the paintings would become mirrors for me to see different aspects of myself. And then later on, like in the past few years, now it's more integrated into like, it is a tool for like opening up almost a portal, a conscious, consciously opening up a portal that's specific to something I'm, I'm researching or want to learn about. So it has shifted, but it is more than ever like integrated. My art is my inner self in many ways yeah that, that's really fascinating and it, it, it's awesome to hear about your your journey and i find it very interesting artistic practice sometimes you you know you you see these shifts you go deeper but when you look back you see that there is a path that you didn't even realize you're on have you have you experienced that when you look back at your earlier work where you see sort of repeating mm -hmm. themes deeper meanings stuff that you weren't really aware of before yeah like my my first series that I was describing in 2017 was like basically setting the trends of my life. So it was like seven paintings and they were each kind of my own hero's journey. So like they, they set the tone for the years to come, what I was going to go into and like, like the mystical concepts I would be exploring that as part of my own personal mythology. Um, the themes that kind of uh, link together, I think it's, yeah, like it brought me from a place of unconscious suffering. And I say that because it was like emotionally repressed emotions to a place of seeing and acknowledging those emotions and then opening them up to go live them. 
and bringing me to a place where where I was kind of stuck in my ego because of these traumas that were kind of making me close down, opening me up slowly to now see my per my grander purpose, which is uh, being of service somehow to humanity and and allowing me to so art was it was actually bringing me towards acknowledging the bigger truth of my life and putting it in practice with confidence and uh, yeah so it was like i i do feel like it's it has been the most transformative tool i've had in my life accompanied like of course with introspection meditation like different techniques more occult techniques also to open up these channels but there was different it would it would definitely i would definitely say that it was meant to be this way like it doesn't feel like it's just a coincidence that all of this was part of my path and we are going to link up your, your previous show with us where we actually looked at some of your art together and obviously linked to your websites because I, I we talked about this last time as well. But I think when people sometimes hear occult art, esoteric art, it, it, they have really cheesy images in their mind because the, the there's a lot of cheese out there. But, you know, your work is is subtle without being overly mysterious. It's. It's deep without it being a puzzle that you're supposed to sit down and figure out. You know what I mean? There's a symbolic yeah. language that flows, but it's not like, oh, you know, I, I'm supposed to figure out A, B, C, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about what, what your art has been doing for you, but with the spiritual ideas in your art, do you intend your art to be used by others for spiritual and contemplative reasons to to inspire change in those who view and buy them or is it is it strictly you know the, are these themes coming up for for your own use and then appealing to people on maybe some level they don't realize how, how do you sort of feel about your art in relation to to those who are who are buying it who are viewing it who are engaging with it mm -hmm. well definitely when i started my career and I think it's the case for lots of artists. It feels like you're creating art for healing purposes. And most people don't recognize that, but you are addressing your, your, your demo, deepest emotional, like, yeah, can I say, like the, the emotions that are the most active inside of you is what wants to be expressed. So that's why you see some artists like that go into something very dark or something very bright or, the, you see that you can observe, well, I have observed the tendencies of certain artists within their art and the channel, the, the cha challenge here is not to get stuck into this, like to actually ac acknowledge it so you can evolve as an artist. But this being said, I feel like at first my art was attractive mostly like to people that were living something similar than I was living when I did create the art. And therefore would be more of a unconscious, more like of a, yeah, there was less intention behind it. And now that I'm at the past two years, I've been traveling a lot, but it has moved a lot within me. And I feel like my new works, especially the one I'm doing now, it, it feels like it's a non-personal, it's more non-personal than any work I've done. In this sense, it feels like this artwork is is a portal that I'm channeling more than a, a piece of art that describes my personality, you know? So in this sense, there are, and, and my last show as well was all the art pieces were meant as contemplative pieces. So like I, 
I portrayed the archetype of water using symbols like the color, so very blue, very emotional, dark, and like kind of this introspective emotional realm that I created. Then there was fire, which was like a volcano erupting in a lot, and background is all red, and it's there's a sigil of the archangel uh, Michael, which is the archangel of fire. And it, so it was very packed with these symbolism, and these I think were they could be used as uh, contemplative tools to connect with these archetypes that exist within all of us. And the most recent one I'm I'm doing right now, which it's like a huge painting four feet by six feet. It is yeah, it is very like the way I create art has shifted as well as before. I was like more trying to program and seeing with my own imagery that I have to construct an image and then creating a meaning and a story. But now, like, as I'm creating it, like some synchronicities happen that are like, so for, for example, I was planning to do this big painting for a few months now, like at least five months and the center, well, the, the main piece that is now just the center of the piece was supposed to be the whole painting. But I felt something was missing, but it was like a vertical landscape and the imagery is very rich. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of things going on, but I felt something was missing. And then we were house sitting to, and, and then we're in someone's bedroom because that's where we were staying. So it's not my own place. And then one night there's just this painting that falls off the, the, the wall. And then I look it up. And it was the an imagery of the goddess, Egyptian goddess Nut, which is the feminine goddess of of space, of ether, the divine creative feminine energy. And I saw the image and I was like, okay, I get it. Like it was an instant download. I was like, okay, I need to put an arch around the painting. The set the piece I was supposed to be, the whole thing should just be in the center. And there should be an Egyptian arch with the goddess Nut around it. That is kind of like creating a portal into this realm of the divine feminine. And and like recently, like this week, a few days ago, we're in another house sitting now. And I was seeing the, the outside. So there is like an open shower with like a kind of frosted curtain. But from where I was in the shower, I could see through the curtain outside. And for the past week, I've been very fascinated with the Ankh to understand its meaning because it has been resonating to, for me to uh, do something with it. I don't know what, maybe a sculpture to go with the show that I'm creating, but ends out through this uh, frosted curtain. I saw the, I guess the highlights of the tree. So where the the tree was whiter, it, like it, it's a bit, it creates a shape. And I, I saw a ankh in like the silhouette of the tree, but it's like a, a ankh that has a, it's like this, the symbol of the ankh, but with some specificities as, as if like, it's the same symbol, but like a ver another version of it, which uh, I'm trying to still decipher what it's meaning, but it's, it will be now part of the painting. It'll be, so there's like like stuff like that that I'm gonna put I know it's supposed to be there I just don't know what it means yet 
Precisely, precisely. Can you tell us how, how you discovered like the Western esoteric tradition and how it became an influence and why you felt, you know, you, you had to include it in your work? Because this stuff is both omnipresent, but it, it's also that esoteric. Occult means hidden, right? So it is below the surface. So how did, how did you first encounter it, get interested in it, see the connections between it and art? Oh, yeah, I'm going to answer in a nonlinear way because I think it, in the past two years, I've been studying Vedic astrology, and I can see that um, the eighth house, and which is connected with Scorpio, is the house of the occult. And certain humans that have this house that is developed in their chart and exalted will have natural tendencies to question what is beyond the physical. So I have had these tendencies. Now I know like the rash, not even the rash, but I, I understand myself better to know that this was a natural interest and curiosity of mine. Being Gemini, I'm naturally curious, but I always knew there was something behind the veil and I didn't understand it. Like even as a teenager, my friend was like, no, there's nothing there. And I was like, no, there has to be. I have no idea why I just know. And so this kind of thought that I had, I remember telling my friend when we were maybe 17, has never kind of exited my mind. So I was always curious to delve into quantum physics at first to understand those mysteries that from a scientific point of view, found that its limits and then was like, okay, there must be other sources I can look. And uh, of course, these old ancient, like this wisdom is in books dating thousands of years old and you can find all the answers there so for me then it was more like developing my intuition so that i can decipher what resonates with me because at first it's just overwhelming and then just finding the yeah the approach that fits with me you know we all have our own ways of learning and this occult knowledge is very fast so like finding my own flavor that works with uh, my system to uh, understand and integrate those systems, those philosophies. Absolutely. So obviously we, we want people to, to view and buy your individual paintings, but when you create an installation, you have a, a lot of thought behind it. Like what are you trying to do with, with installations? And of course, if people want to buy an entire set from an installation, I'm sure you, you wouldn't say no. But, but if you can tell us about the sort of complete vision that, that you do when you, when you have a showing. Yeah, installation is, it was also a natural way for me to have people enter a, set, a certain mental, like I see an installation, it not as like a collection of different like artworks, but more as like the walls of the space become a mind and you enter a mind. So like you're entering this realm this spiritual realm, this frequency where every artwork becomes like a, a different uh, color of that frequency so that you can overall get a more, I guess, holistic view of what I'm trying to convey here. So instead of just having one thing, a 2D image from a painting, well, you also have, from my last show, you have a light. So like I had like this kind of UV blue light that is like one of the thinnest that we can see with our eyes bringing this kind of, uh, yeah, this kind of spiritual energy or a mystical, uh, yeah. And then all the pieces kind of become a, 
I use a lot of symmetry as well to convey some principles because symmetry is, is naturally recognized by our subconscious mind. It's very easy to absorb. Uh, so often like one wall will be complementing the other wall and will be communicating this way. So creating a dialogue, be dialogue between each. In the last one, I had used a, an ancient ritual, which I reproduced physically because it's a mental ritual and creating, yeah, the, the ritual, these ancient rituals that I'm practicing, they are very old and they, they use symmetry as well and the cardinal points to convey universal <clears throat> codes to your psyche and therefore be able to reprogram it. So I guess in, in this sense, my last show was also to introduce people to these advanced psychological tools that for me are the future. They are the past and they are the future. I have a feeling that they will reemerge as a science soon. And I think it, they are so powerful and I think they, they need to be demystified and detabooed. That's a word. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because whenever you read any of those mystics, occultists, spiritual magicians, the, the whole group of groups of them from the 1800s and the early 20th century, that they're always saying what they're doing is a science, right? And then when you go back further than that, you know, somebody like Nushin, the, the great scientist was also an alchemist. We find that many of these great scientists throughout history were, were doing what now we would call weird esoteric stuff. So I, I think that's, that's a very interesting perspective and I think an interesting hope for the future that, that I'm sure many of us share. Now, for those who know nothing about spirituality and esoteric or, or might even be opposed to it, right? You know, many artists are, I mean, many people, we, we live in a very materialistic time, a very secular time. They think that not that this stuff is weird, but that it's it's silly, right? That it's a waste of time, that there's no truth to it, even if you're working on a symbolic level. Is your is your art for people, you know, who who hold views like this, who are, are not interested in spirituality or esoterica? Mm. Well, that's a good question. And it's hard to say because I guess like the, I have a, I understand that like you resonate a certain frequency and so does your art and therefore attract people that resonate on that frequency or that need that frequency to be activated within them. So in this sense, I think I, it's a bit simplest, but I would say my art attracts the people it needs to. So I, I think the common person will at least feel something from it because it's very packed in symbols and our psyche reacts to symbols. Therefore, whatever the people see, they will receive either something deep or something that will just evoke mystery. And I think mystery is the symbol of the question mark. Any question marks is creating a void within to be filled. So if it just creates a little void to be filled with the answers that they had never thought they knew they needed, well, there you go. And for the people that reject it, well, that's okay. Like, I don't think uh, there's anything wrong to not resonating with these things. We all have like our unique journeys and path. And, but this being said from like a collector's point of view, like in, in the, the contemporary art world that does like collect for museums and stuff like that, I think this, this uh, type of art is new and has a, 
has kind of evolved from my perspective from the there was a big show in new york a few years ago hilma Aftlin, yeah. and uh, that kind of s- set the tone for and i was i had a, a podcast last week and this insight came as we were discussing but it feels like she was the the creator that opened this portal for now art art that has always been like i guess the seed of uh, the consciousness of humanity if you look at art it always shows how humans it kind of brings like if, if humanity is there the artist creates something that shows uh, imagery or uh, symbol symbols that are bringing humanity forward and i think she she had this big seed to help artists now be allowed to create contemporary art that talks about these topics again because it was back then it had been tabooed in the past i don't know a few hundred years and i think because of that show now it's accepted again and it's starting to be even like not encouraged but valued and so in this sense i think there is a, a renewal and it's promising for the spiritual artists in the contemporary art field in the future which is also what i'm trying to to set myself as as being like i want to i want to empower other artists to not fear the taboo and not fear the rejection and to to feel like they have a, a place which is yeah 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 answer that I, I I think that's uh amazing linkage of insights, you know, and it's it's ironically at the at the time that 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 show was at the Guggenheim, I was going between New York and Montreal a lot, but I wasn't able to make it to the Hilma Often show. My wife did, and I also missed the the French symbolist occult show that the Guggenheim did. But I think that both those shows do prove that that there is something happening both in in the culture yeah. and, and in the art world. And I, I think you're right that Hilma Often it's, it's She's very interesting because even in her own time, she didn't show very many of her paintings. So it's yeah. almost like they're they're coming back for exactly when they're needed, and and this flows really well. You know, the the, the last two things that we discussed in, into my next question, which you you kind of already tackled, but maybe maybe we can pull on a few threads here. But you know, what is the role of esoteric spirituality in this secular and materialistic world? And uh, in the question sheet I gave you, I said secular materialistic world but you know it's kind of more than that right now I, I think we live in a particularly dark time that seems to be getting darker almost every day so what do, do you see a, a public role for for the the knowledge that you're engaging with with this esoteric and occult stuff mm. yeah like i i am like positioning myself right now as a visionary artist because i think it's a it's a word that needs to be kind of reinforced in in the sense like i think artists now have to have visions of the future because that's how we create a future that is we have to imagine it first and artists being the people that kind of channel this information it's our role to create this imagery this symbolic imagery of the future and as we enter this new era this new age of aquarius i i really think and that's the movement I, I have on my heart to create is to empower the artists that are doing this type of work to focus and, and fine tune even more their crafts to be specifically to create something that's for the highest good of humanity that will liberate them and not kind of make their head go down and like become more of a 
a slave, an unconscious slave to the to the the powers. And so I think we have them the biggest role like ever because it's been this these eras change every two thousand years or so. And now we're right in the transition. So more than ever it's important to talk about those things and to push artists to not fear their own inner world and to actually go there to access but always with intention, which is intention for the greater good. Because often we will take decisions that are egoistical without knowing it if we don't have that intention. And so I think that we, we artists and creators, because I want to include creators and because artists can be put like in a box, yeah. but creators, whether you're just a, anyone at all that creates intentionally his or her life, I think it is important to talk about it and empower these people. Um, Create with intention. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a very active project now to to empower people uh, on this path. And it's it's Rose Umbra, right? Could you tell mm-hmm. us what that is? Tell us about your coaching, your vision, the how how you got started, please. Yeah, well Rose Umbra like it got kind of it came out of me. It feels like it was an organic it just popped out of me in this sense. Like my life is always within, I, I try to live it the most possible with intention, but also without planning too much so that I can actually go exactly where the river wants to go without having to create dams to like blocks, or you know what I mean? Um, so last year I moved to Spain. I was going to start this project, art retreat, a spiritual retreat. Like it felt like it was a, a sole product of mine. Ends out, I didn't get the visa after like a year of applying for it. It was so complicated. I had everything, and then they just rejected it with no reason. So when I was about to, when I arrived a month after, I was like, okay, I have to find another solution. I'm going to create a business so that I can uh, apply for this other visa. And so there came about Rosenbra. But ends out, probably my the whole direction, my whole soul was bringing me to Spain so that I could let go of my past, let go of everything I owned, and focus on Rosenbra. And Rosenbra became, now that it's been a year, I can see that it's a reflection more of my soul. Like my art, Rosenbra and my art are becoming kind of interconnected, but through Rosenbra, it's more of a soul humanitarian vision and working directly with people instead of working through art to reach people, it's more direct. So now it's, there's different facets to it, but like I say, I like to let it flow so that I don't say this is Rosenbra. Rosenbra, I want to, the rose is the flower, the rose, and it's the heart that opens up. And, and in this case, Rosenbra is my heart that's opening up and the channels within me that are opening up to be able to be of service with Rosenbra through the rose, to the heart. And so. For now, the petals that I can see opening up, there is a retreat. There is, I do a soul care. So I, I create a f- many like different free resources on YouTube. May it be breathwork routine that have been very helpful for me in my development. I have a mystical relaxation technique from Israel Regardi that I, I read his book and I created these tools so that people, it's easy to access. You just press play and you can get guided into this very deep mystical relaxation and access this place of yourself where you can manifest instantly. 
and and different various like resources like this. And the other facet that is now that I've been passionate about is helping people one-on-one. So through Vedic astrology that I've learned, Ayurveda as well, I have a, a little background in this, and tarot. So I've learned all the three to give people an idea of their own purpose, like where their soul will feel the most fulfilled and will be able to be of service to humanity. Because often, like I say, if you're not an artist and you're not doing this active work of healing through your art or any other mediums, well, perhaps there's a lot of layers to to go through before you can feel like you have something to offer to the world and you can see where it is. So I want to show people the bigger picture of their lives through the tools I've learned over the years and help them kind of integrate these parts of themselves so that eventually they can be fulfilled by being of service. And it's not just to clarify, uh, even though you said this, it's not just artistic coaching, right? It really is for anybody if they're feeling stuck, if they want to go deeper. But it is also for artists who perhaps want to pull more out, are blocked, want to move forward, are looking for something. Is, is that right, Alex? Yeah, like the like at first I was uh, I wanted to work specifically with artists and creators because this is the the industry and the like I've been in this realm for so long that for me it is a natural thing to do but ends out like I I wanted to open it up with like it's not just artists it's artists and creators anyone that feels unfulfilled and that wants to create their life maybe they don't have a strong will maybe they don't have a they're scared of taking risks because of a trauma that they have not processed. Whatever it is, just to give the tools that I have to help you become your own creator, your own magician in, in some ways. And then the visionary artist part, I, I am working also like on a more on the long term, let's say middle long term with people with many sessions to like help them go back, study their artwork help them understand and process why they took those decisions in their artwork as as for their art to become also the vessel for change in the world. And this being said, I also started my own podcast where I interview people that are very grounded in their work, that are visionaries, and that I want to showcase these people and create a movement with these people by putting them under an umbrella where it's a thing. It's not just... I. In, isolated individuals that do that it's a movement that is the world that there is many more and more people that are feeling this call to heal the world through their creations so i want to put these people on the spotlight and encourage people to watch them too because they are doing the work and i believe in them and i i think they deserve more attention but also like people need to understand because often they do it unconsciously or they do it not necessarily with this intention but their work is doing this so i want to kind of have discussions and like go deep into the work and show people that it's important to connect with your inner world as you're creating and for everybody listening and watching at home please go to the show notes we're going to have links to everything that alex is doing right so you can check out the retreats rose umbra his homepage, the podcast his youtube channel It's, it's all going to be there it's kind of a tactical question that's more for me, but I hope people find it interesting. You know, sometimes I, I struggle because, you know, I'm part of a modern Gnostic church and we 
also are an esoteric and mystical church. We we pull on a, a lot of interconnected but but different streams of tradition, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I really like Hermeticism, but I also really kind of like the the more hard edged mm-hmm. Gnostic stuff, right? That you would find in the Akhamadi. Uh, uh, and, and sometimes these these teachings, these bodies of wisdom these interconnected but different movements get to be contradictory. And, you know, you've mentioned a few different things like uh, Vedic astrology, tarot. Like, how do you, when you're drawing from these, how do you, how do you deal with the contradictions? Uh, is it, is it, yeah. You, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's pertinent to also the age of Aquarius that we're entering because if you look at Aquarius from an astrological point of view, it is an individualistic sign. So it's about knowing who you are, but it's also about, it's also like a a world sign, a humanitarian sign. So it's knowing who you are, but for the sake of humanity. So it's both at the same time. And, and I think this reflects in our personal religion and our personal beliefs. And I think the future lies within this. I think the, the institutions that are more dogmatic and that have like their presets, their Bibles, their everything that tells like the the rule of conduct. I think that's moving. We're moving from that. It's going to become your, you have your own church. It's your body. You have your own religion, your own beliefs, and, and they are unique to you. So in this sense, I think that's what I'm, I'm doing with the tarot over the years I've picked up on tools that resonated with me I've made them my own the tarot I probably don't use tarot like anyone else I probably don't use Vedic astrology like anyone else and Ayurveda too and I, I created my own tools within those so I spend like a month like creating my own tools for to share with people that I work with to integrate these things together so I use the Crowley deck of tarot and it has all the astrological correspondences. And then I, when I use it, I always use Vedic astrology and I, I put them together to give an even sharper message for the person linked to exactly where these influences affect them. So I created my own system that, that works for my own intuition, for my own uh, inner world to, to be a, basically a mirror. Like I have a lot of cancer energy in my chart and it's basically that to become a, a container and then people can project themselves within it. And I create the tools to project them for them to project in. And, and then I, I just give it back to them what they gave me, but with a, a new flavor and a new uh, perspective. Hope that answered the question. It does. It does. It, it, it's an awesome answer. Well, we're just about at wrap-up time, but Alex, we're we're recording this at uh, near the end of February 2024. You never know when people are going to watch or listen to this, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to uh, not bank this show. We're going to make sure to get it out soon uh, because you have a retreat coming up. Can you tell us all about this retreat? Yeah. So retreats have been part of my dharma. It's very... For me, it's like creating an installation, but like where people are living inside the installation. So there is a, I, I love to, I'm very symbolic and intentional with my artwork, same with the retreats. Like I like to plan everything that builds off each other. Every workshop, every meditation will be specific to build a momentum. And so this retreat is all about finding your purpose. So everyone that signs up gets 
free astrology reading at, at first. So we get to see your dharma, your life purpose, get a bit of insights. And then when we go there, the first day is, in, is a silent retreat. So day one, all in silent. And all the workshops are meant to access your subconscious mind. So there's techniques of art therapy I've developed to help people uh, create symbols. And then we analyze them to understand what your subconscious is trying to tell you. There's meditations that are designed for this. And then all in silence. And the next day is the active day. So it's the equinox retreat. So it's like the night and the day, the unconscious and the conscious. And then, so the next day it's more like, okay, now we found some clues. People are invited to journal their journey. So all the symbols that they will accumulate over the first day, the Vedic astrology reading will create a narrative for us to interpret. The next day we're putting it in practice. There's a workshop to vocalize to people what you think it is so that you put it in, in words, you put it in the concrete. We're creating a talisman to embody our intentions with what we've discovered and activate it with a ritual. So there's a lot of mystical aspects to it too. And the, the goal is that people come out of these two days having a more clear image and more empowered to follow their truth. That sounds awesome. I, I, I wish I could attend. But as people at home know, uh, I have a baby. I'm going to be using that as an excuse for the next 18 years. But you know what? If you if you sign up for Talknosis, you can, for our Patreon, you can help us keep the show going for as little as a dollar per piece of media per month. It's patreon.com slash Gnostic. One-time donations at paypal.me slash Gnostic. I'm bringing up the baby because technically we send you the shows early. And lately I've been banking a lot. But due to the baby, I've been forgetting to do that. I'm sorry. We love you, patrons. But we don't really give our patrons anything. we Because we don't want to... We don't know what to give them. And we don't want to lock up any content behind a paywall, right? Because we want all this stuff out here. So you give from the good of your own heart and you will occasionally get some shows early. We're, we're, I swear we're going to get better at that. I'll send you baby pics. She's adorable. She's very... <laughs> Sign up for the Patreon and you will get some adorable baby pics. Because she... Every parent says this, but she really is cute. Alex, I've been throwing up one of your homepages on the screen for those watching which is alexcoma.world, which is very easy to remember. So everybody go there, but for the specific links to the retreat and the other projects and the podcast, it's all going to be in the show notes. Make sure you go to the show notes. If you're able to go to the retreat, you should, because it sounds really powerful. So Alex, I, I think we've got to wrap up, but it's been awesome having you back. I look forward to having you again in the future and to all the wonderful things that you're bringing out. Yeah, it was nice to catch up with you too. And for people that want to go directly on the website, it's at com. Also super easy to remember. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, it was nice to catch up. And thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Bye. Bye.